listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Hi, this is Tim Del Toro. And I'm Lou Angel Wolf, and we are the Grease Gurus. Our show is broadcast every Saturday morning live at WTAN 10 Talk Radio 1340. That's 10 o'clock every Saturday morning for an automotive forum that is flavored with humor and insight. We encourage you to call in and be part of the Grease Gurus show. We'd love to have you, and we will certainly help you find your inner grease. This show is sponsored by Tim's Performance Service Center in beautiful Tarpon Springs at 906 Verona Place, and you can reach us personally at 727-543-1601. Aha. It's a 32 Ford. It's got a 427 in it. And those are car to carburetors. 11 inches of rotor in the rear. from Spike TV and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Welcome, you're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers and Google Tantalk1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studios in downtown Clearwater. Don't forget to check out our website, GolfStreamMotorsports.com, where you can find out all about us. And if you missed any of our past shows, go to our archive page, Nostalgic Radio and Cars. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Facebook, Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Twitter, we are at NRC On Air. Boy, do we have a fun, fun show to you not for tonight. 
Let me say that one more time. Do what we have. We have, ladies and gentlemen, race fans, sports car guys, race car guys. We have a great show for you tonight. We have a very, very, very special guest this evening. Now, Tommy, how are you doing this evening? Doing good, Robert. Yourself? I'm hanging in there. Where I'm hanging in there. We've had some pretty decent weather here lately, so we're lucky here in Florida. This is uh, car driving weather. But let me go to the Florida Car Shows Minute here. Now, I always talk about FloridaCarshows.com or FLACarshows.com. If you want to find out where all the events are in the state of Florida, be sure to check out FLACarshows.com. Now, here's what's coming up this weekend. This weekend, DuPont Cars and DuPont Registry, Cars and Coffee. I'll get it straight. I think maybe I'm just a little excited because we've got a really special guest coming on this evening. But nonetheless, we have the DuPont Registry, Cars and Coffee, at the DuPont headquarters here in Clearwater, Florida. This weekend, Lake Mere Classic over in Lakeland. Super, super, super show. If you happen to be in Atlanta, Festivals of Speed is doing their first event up in Atlanta, up at Avalon, which is kind of like a, I'll say, Atlanta's version of Rodeo Drive. The big event in a couple weeks is SEMA. And we're all looking forward to that. That's the annual event. You always hear me talking about these great shows that you need to put on your bucket list and you need to go to. And SEMA's one of those. There's four shows a year you need to go to. SEMA, Scottsdale, Amelia Island, and Monterey Car Week. If you do nothing else, those are the events that you need to be. Also, this weekend is CODA, which is the uh, Circuits of America Formula One race. In a couple weeks, for all us swap meet junkies, got the Carlisle events. They'll be over at Lakeland. Um, I think it's the fairgrounds over there in uh, Plant City. Moultrie, Georgia, one of my favorite swap meets, and of course the Turkey Rod Run comes up. And then Festival Speed has their event in Hallandale next month. We have uh, a number of things going on. We've got, uh, I think, Winter Park or the, um, let me see here. It used to be the Winter Park Concourse. They used to do that event this time of year in, in November. But what they're doing is they're uh, doing what they call Concourse Live, and it's at the Sanford Airport, so that should be pretty fun. I'll keep you guys informed as a lot of the stuff, but if you check out FloridaCarshows.com, you can find out all about that kind of stuff that's going on. Now, I think I covered all the events, and uh, I think we're going to get our special guest here on in a few minutes. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to flip up something on the turntable. Now, you know I'm into the classic music. I'm not a very good guitarist. I love musical instruments. And especially guitars. I play a little piano here and there. And I've, uh, after all these years, I kind of, you know, it's something you start when you're young and you quit and you start again and then you quit and you get sidetracked with cars, boats, motorcycles, uh, marriage, family, kids, college, all that good stuff. But anyway, so recently I've started playing guitar again. Now, but one of my favorite genres is a lot of the psychedelic music out of the 60s. So we got this one song that we're going to be playing here. And I think it's titled, and it's probably an appropriate song for our guests. Driving Sideways on a One-Way Street, and it's by Tommy. How do you pronounce that? It's Merrill and Fankhauser, I think. That sounds good. That sounds good. That's close enough. Okay, so hey, you're tuning into Nostalgia Reading Cars. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back, and we're going to get our guest on the line for you this evening, and it should be a pretty good conversation. Yeah. 
Okay, we're back, and you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio Cars. It's time to introduce our special guest for the evening. Now, this gentleman is extremely well-known. You talk about building a brand, this gentleman has done probably the epitome of building a brand. He's a successful businessman in the car business, I might add. He's an author, and most importantly, he's the host of the ever-popular Fast and Loud, and now the new TV show, Garage Rehab. I'm delighted to welcome to the show tonight the original, the one, the only, the real gas monkey, Richard Rollins. Richard, are you there? Hey, I'm doing good, sir. How are you? Pretty good. Well, I want to thank you very much for taking some time out and hanging out with us here at Nostalgic Radio and Cars. So uh, how are things in Texas, and how's the new shows going? You know what? We're, we're living the dream right now in Texas. We've got California weather, so I can't complain. And uh, uh, the car shows and the stuff is just, it is, it's unbelievable. I'm very uh, humbled and blessed to be where I'm at. Well, you've done a very successful job. You got a great show, and uh, and this new TV show that you got out now, the uh, Garage Rehab. That's kind of cool. Tell us a little bit about that. How that came to fruition? You know, it was an idea I had uh, a few years ago, and I started pitching to Discovery because you know everybody asked me about my story, and and uh, I'm very, like I said, I'm very blessed to be here doing all these cool things. And I'm like, golly, you know, when they asked me about what happened when I was younger and when I was trying to build it, and I'm like, God, you know, I, there was times I went broke. There was times I couldn't make the rent. There were Times I made the wrong decision, and and uh, you know what have you. And so, as I was thinking about that, I was like, "There's got to be thousands, and you know, maybe even tens of thousands of guys and girls out there that are in the same spot right this second." And and I'm like, you know, why not take the opportunity to use some of my contacts and uh, and, and some of the the things I learned the, the hard way, so to speak, and uh, and and go help them out. So um, it took a little while to get the show started to discovery, but. Uh, you know, now we're going out there and uh, we're, we're finding uh, families and, and, and individuals that have these businesses that they started with the, with the greatest of intent and they've stumped their toe. And uh, we're, we're using the, the knowledge and contacts and, and, and things that we have around us uh, with Fast and Loud and, and trying to get them on the road to success and, uh, and, and take care of their families. Super, super. Now, what's the, the criteria for it and what's the... In terms of how far outside of your area, let's say Texas, will you go to help people and to uh, rehab garages? Oh, right now we're coast to coast. Uh, really? We just got picked up for another 10 episodes. Uh, we've done um, uh, many states along the south in California and, and, uh, and uh, Oklahoma and then on over to Tennessee. Uh, this next season is going to see us go uh, pretty much all over America and I'm open after that all over the world. Wow, you have very, very big plans. Congratulations, and I wish you the best of luck. That's great. Now, if people want to submit to this, how do they go about doing it? And, I mean, you've got to be really, really, really busy just doing that alone. I mean, you know, so tell us. You know, it is. It's, it's a busy deal, but I've got uh, uh, Russell Holmes and uh, Chris that uh, helped me on the ground with that show. They're kind of the, uh, the, the muscle and the, and the hustle, so to speak. And uh, as far as if you want to, you know, if you think you qualify to, to, to be on that, you go to the discovery.com website under Garage Rehab, and I think there's a, a button there you can push and, and kind of send in your story and, and what's going on, and we'll run it through the ringer because, you know, um, not, not everybody's going to make it, not every story. We, we try to, to pick ones uh, that really have the best possibility uh, of turning around and are really into it. And, uh and, and, and want to make their businesses work because there's, you know, sadly enough in American society, there is still the woe is me syndrome. And those aren't, those aren't the ones that are going to succeed if given the help. What is some of the criteria that you personally look for? I mean, so in other words, if you had to give us an example, what is something that, uh, and, and not necessarily the sympathy aspect of it, but I mean, the no. business itself, you know, the potential. I mean, for what. Me, the business itself needs to be viable. It needs to be in an area that's viable. It needs to have the ability to succeed, uh, whether they they overstep their bounds or they're in the you know or they just did something wrong or they were underfunded from the beginning or what have you. Those things can be fixed, but they've got to at least be in the right location, the right the the right knowledge and the and the right uh, neighborhood to be able to to make the business viable. But what I really look for the most is the dedication in the individuals, whether it's a, 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 a married couple that own their shop or a, or a son and, or a dad and his sons, or, you know, it's been passed down through the family or what have you. I'm looking for that dedication, not just, oh, you know, help. I want them to truly be dedicated. This is something they want to do. They, they want to make it work and they want to be involved uh, 
because you know anybody can descend uh, upon somewhere and, and and give knowledge and, and money and equipment and things like that. Um, but it still takes the individual there that has the dedication to make it work to make that business successful. So passion, passion and commitment is probably the most driving influence on your part then. Yes, sir, for sure. Okay, cool. Now, one episode, and I didn't, I missed it, but I saw the previews for it, but it seems to me you went into a motorcycle shop. Tell us a little bit about that one, how that turned out. You know, that's in Jackson, Mississippi. It's a place called the Slop Shop. And, uh, an odd duckling in that it's a young kid uh, with a really, really big passion for the older style, 60s and 70s choppers. And he spent his entire time uh, being a kid studying up on those and, and, and understanding parts. I'm 48 years old. This guy was 23. And, you know, he understood the, the risers and the style and the chop and the cut and the, you know, what made that uh, into a real I guess uh, period correct chopper is what I'm looking for. And so I was really impressed with his drive and dedication on a certain genre of business that may or may not be really cool today. No, but actually, wouldn't it be fair to say, though, because I know you're into it, retro is kind of like in vogue, if you want to use that cliche. I mean, so the retro styling. It, it, it can be, but, you know, there's retro Porsches and there's retro rat rods and there's retro 50s cars and there's retro choppers. You know, so it takes a lot of knowledge to get into a certain genre that you're into. It, sure, it's cool to open a magazine and say, oh, I love that. But if you don't know what it took and where that style came from and why it has those kind of lights and, and those kind of tires, and, you know, if you don't really understand where that came from, then you're just a mass consumer. And I really liked the guy at Slop Shop because he understood why and where all those were and that that was technology and that was what was cool and not the 2017 version of that. Okay. Now, but you're kind of a bike enthusiast yourself, though, right? Oh, for sure. I huh? love it. I've been, I've got the same chopper I've had for 22 years now. Oh, good for you. So, now, i got to ask you a couple questions about some of the cars. Now, I see you drive this uh, green, pseudo-looking Shelby Mustang convertible 68 kind of clone thing. That's not a real one, right? It is a Shelby uh, Mustang convertible. What it is is uh, it's a clone of the movie car from Thomas Crown Affair with Pierce Bronson. Really? And when he got off the island with Rene Russo, it's in the movie, and he puts her in the Mustang, and they drive through and go up to his little island. And the the story, as everybody knows it is, that car is only in the movie for six seconds. But if you're a Mustang aficionado, you know that car. The problem is that car doesn't exist. It was kind of slapped together at the island and then thrown away. And... Um, it was literally only in the movie for six seconds. And so um, there's a couple of guys that have done it now, but we did this like 12 years ago. So I think we were one of the first to build the actual car and uh, put it out there on the road. Okay. Now, another thing. There was, and, and, and are you kind of a, now your first car was a 74 Mercury Comet. I remember you even yeah. said that on the show. So do I, would I be fair in assuming that you're kind of a Ford guy? Uh, you know, I'm an everything guy. If you watch the show, what I really enjoy the most about uh, what we do at Fast and Loud is that we're not locked in to any certain genre or any certain car or any, you know, any style. We, we're, we're not Camaro guys or diesel guys or Mustang guys. We get to play with everything, and I think that's a great thing to do. Um, you know, if you ask me what I would probably collect, I'm an early Ford guy collector-wise, and as far as what I drive, I drive Dodges. Okay. Well, it's funny because there's two things. There was one episode where you and Dennis discovered this guy up in the hills of California where all the Shelby's, and he was after that boss rep too, that uh, W, you know, the the drag pack car. And of course, now I'm mm -hmm. a I'm a full blown Ford Shelby guy. Everybody in the area knows that. I'm also one of the state reps for the Shelby Club, so I eat, sleep, and drink those cars. And when you guys start touching on those kind of those like those those uh, nuances about Shelby's and bosses, I get all excited. That just kind of gets me going. But the other night, but did you watch the show last night? Well, yeah. Well, let me go here. Wait a minute. I'm just getting ready. In the <laughs> background, tell me if I'm wrong. I there was one scene where I saw this grabber orange '69 '70 Shelby Fender, and I'm going, wait a minute, what's that doing there? When they were moving some stuff around on the bus or on the step van, and then I caught a glimpse of what appeared to be a grabber orange '69 or '70 Shelby convertible. Am I right or wrong? Sitting in the shop right now. I'll be darned. Well, <laughs> how about that? Big block or small block car? Uh, it's a big block car. Is it? Is it yours? It's a 428 Cobra Jet Char. No, oh. it actually belongs to uh, one of the guys in the shop. 
um, it's a side project he's working on for a client. Well, I'll tell you what, that's cool. That's one of my favorite cars, uh, you know, 69 Shelby. I love them, too, uh, because they're just, you don't see them as much. But, I mean, did you see the show last night where we had the 65 GT? Yes. The I Shelby. Mean, that was the you real s- deal car. That you- car is now concourse restored and has won every award there is to win, almost. You stole that car, by the way, for three hundred grand. I just want to let you know. So You know... It, can I say that? Can I? Long way to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was at I was at Meekin. No, wasn't Meekin or one of the auctions. It might have been Bonhams or or not Bonhams. Um, might have been out. Well, it's out west. Might have been who knows. I don't remember. One of the auctions could have been Barrett Jackson. But those things are pulling almost five hundred thousand just in driver condition. And when Dennis said that the other night on the show, you know that original Survivor cars are bringing more than sometimes restored cars. That's true. So tell us where that car's at now. Is that still in your collection, your private collection, or what's going on with that car? Uh, no, no, we sold it. Um, I'm not at liberty to say the client because he asked me not to. Okay. But he took the car and had it completely torn down and all the way back up, and it is absolutely automotive jewelry now. And you and I might be in um, agreement that I don't think that was the right thing to do. I would have just got it running. And Same here. Um, but, uh, you know, my client decided that he wanted to win everything there was, and it is a true one-owner car with every single piece of documentation and numbers up, so... He did. He did do the car right. He spent an enormous amount of money to make that car perfect. Well, you know, last night when I was watching Dennis crawl underneath the car, checking the numbers on the side of the block, because they're on the passenger side on the block on a on a '65, '66 Shelby, and then he was looking. He was over on the shock tower on the tr- on the passenger side, you know, because the numbers stamped him over the five SM number. And I thought, okay, this is real. I like the show. I've always liked your show, by the way. I think your show is great. My son and I watch it all the time. But you guys bring the reality to us, it, so it's really cool. And you guys do a great job. It's a lot of fun, too. I mean, we've been doing this our whole lives, and so it's really pretty fun. So now, how much, I mean, do you have a lot of latitude and control over the actual production and what you want to do, or do you sit down? Is it script? I mean, how, tell us a little bit how your, your show's formatted. There's no script. Um, as a matter of fact, I, I don't know of any other show that there's truly no script. It, it truly is my shop. They truly are my employees. We truly do buy and sell these cars. We do make them, and... Uh, you know, the production company and Discovery just follow what we do. Um, Obviously, uh, they would love to have a little bit more power over uh, what we do and what have you, but it's never been my belief that the guy in a cubicle, you know, in L.A. that's uh, worried about his Jelly of the Month Club and making a (laughs) Prius payment is going to tell me what's freaking cool out in Hot Rod World. Yes. Okay, okay. Two other cars that you did that I was really impressed with. One was at SEMA a couple of years ago. That Ford GT that you did with the air suspension on it, that was incredible. And I was also at Barrett-Jackson when the F40 sold. You did a beautiful job on that car. And then you broke my heart when you brought the bought the Ring Brothers Pantera, which I thought was kind of cool, too. No, unbelievable. The Ford GT is the one car that I wish I had never sold. The uh, Ferrari F40 was just an unbelievable build. Uh, we had a great time with it, and we really did build a better, faster, leaner, meaner Ferrari F40 than the factory did. And the Ring Brothers car, a lot of people gave me a little flack. They're like, oh, my gosh, you know, you're buying one of those cars because you can't make it? I'm like, no, we can make it, but I don't have four years. And this is an unbelievable amount of craftsmanship for the money. And uh, so I had a really good time with that car and ended up, uh, uh, last year, I donated it to the Peterson Museum. Oh, excellent, excellent. Now, what is some of your, uh, uh, speaking of donating, do you do you have some charities that you kind of work with, that you kind of support, that you like to talk about a little bit? Um, I have Gas Monkey Foundation um, that we started about four years ago. And uh, my dad has uh, Alzheimer's and dementia real bad. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, not to be Debbie Downer, but we just put him in a memory care center. He'll he'll come out in a box. Uh, he's, you know, pretty well done. And... Um, so that's near and dear to my heart, and we try to find uh, charity, charitable causes. I'm not a big box charity guy, so if I've got a, a little bit of money in there to throw around, I try to find families in need and and and, and closer to the source of, or closer to the cause than say you know giving a large sum of money to a, a big box charity that has 90 employees and all this overhead. Uh, my foundation will never have overhead. It's never charged rent. It, it literally, uh, I get the, the tax writer guy's money donated. Um, so every single dollar that goes in there goes to charity. Okay. That's good because, I mean, I, I take the same position because at least that way you have some control over it rather than some, you know, 
10% of it going to the actual charity and the other 90% going to the administration, which is ridiculous, which is pointless. Exactly. What we have in place right now in beta testing that, we're, that I've set up is if you go out and you wreck your car, so to speak, tomorrow, the only way to work, and you know, you've got whatever insurance, your car just disappears. You grab your personal belongings, your car disappears, it's gone, it gets sold, whatever, you go get a new car. And I started looking at the model of all of these uh, different cities in the world or in the, in the United States for sure that donate your car, truck, or boat, you know, donate this. And they have this massive amount of overhead because they have this big facility. They got these tow trucks. They got these mechanics. They got all these things that they have to pay. And I'm not saying that they're not doing good work. They're doing great work. But the majority of their monies that they raise, 60%, 70% go to the overhead. So I decided to re-engineer that. And you can go to gasmonkeyfoundation.org now, and you can donate any of those items anywhere in the United States, and they will be picked up and sold at IAA or uh, Copart or what have you as they are. And the truck deals with those guys and a clearinghouse, and I'm exactly the opposite. The overhead on it is 20 to 30%, and 70% of the proceeds go directly to the charity. That's excellent. That's very good. It's funny you mentioned I anywhere in the continental U.S. Anywhere, really, not just a big city. Okay, how about uh, military? Do you have some? Uh, um, um, do you do, do you do some donating and some fundraising for those uh, for the for the wounded warriors and stuff like that, or or wounded warriors, not necessarily the yeah, wounded. Yeah, we've done some things with that in the past. Uh, what I'm really one of the coolest things that I'm, I'm I think I'm ever going to get to do. Uh, with my current uh, state of what we're what we're doing with Fast and Loud is uh, next month I'm literally going to South Korea um, during Thanksgiving uh, and gonna do some USO stuff, see the troops, have really? some fun, and uh, have Thanksgiving dinner with all the troops on uh, Thanksgiving in South Korea, which is maybe arguably one of the most dangerous places in the planet right now. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So I'm really, I'm really, really think it's probably going to be the coolest thing I'll ever do in my life. And I'm excited to be a part of it. I mean, these men and women put their their life on the line every day so that, you know, guys like me and you can play with cars and do our jobs and, you know, what have you. So uh, it's a really cool thing. Super. Well, you know, you could be the next Bob Hope. <laughs> well, you know, when they asked me, I told them, they said, do you think you could do that? You know, speak to the troops and, you know, because it's a big bunch of people. And I said, I will Bob Hope the hell out of that. <laughs> Super, super, super great. Now, your book. You wrote a book a few years ago. Tell us a little bit about your book. You know, the book's pretty simple. It was a, it was a joint venture with Discovery, and it is a very toned-down, friendly version of the wild-ass hell ride that I've had to get where we're at. Uh, it's, it's the truth. It is what it is, but um, it's been a crazy ride, and, and uh, I'm, I'm very proud of it. Um, but we had to, had to tone it down a little because... Yeah, it's been a little while. All right, let me ask you this. Now, there's a lot of people, my listening audience is 45 to 75 years of age, okay? And you know how guys are. You know, we're kind of like, yeah, 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 you know, that type of deal. Some, I mean, I, I'm in the loop a little bit differently than some of these other guys. But for our listeners, those that don't know, tell us a little bit about your humble beginnings. How, how Gas Monkey, the TV show, came to fruition? Because from what I understand, you tried for a number of years unsuccessfully to get the show on TV, and then ultimately it worked out for you very well, and of course here you are today. So tell us a little bit about that, the trials and tribulations. I grew up, I mean, my dad was, was a very proud man, and we, we grew up, uh, I guess, on the on the wrong side of the tracks. My dad always had three jobs um, just to make ends meet, but he was a very proud guy. And uh, so I learned a lot from him about being proud of what you have and taking care of it, and he always had a Mustang or a motorcycle or something laying around. It wasn't a show car. And it, it wasn't the best one on the street, but it was his, and he was proud of it. And so I get that affinity from him. And before I was before I was even old enough to drink, I was a police officer, firefighter, and medic. Um, and then left there in my mid-20s and got into printing and advertising and started my own company and was lucky enough to sell that. And before everybody freaks out, because that's where I got the money, I sold it to get out of it, and I had, you know, a little bit of seed money, very, very little, not even retirement money or anything. And I decided that I wanted to do this garage thing and this show. And it took eight years of literally banging down Discovery's door to get them to understand that cars were popular too, because back then 
all they wanted was motorcycles. And uh, so it took a long time to change their mind. But, you know, when they finally did, um, it took everything that I could basically beg, borrow, or steal to make it happen. It was, uh, it, you know, it's a very, I guess it's a very embarrassing, humbling thing when you got to go to your wife and borrow a thousand bucks so you can make payroll <laughs> for the guys <laughs> working for you. You know, but uh, I threw it all in and, and uh, gave it everything I had, and here we are. Well, you know, when you started the show, and I'm going to guess, um, probably about six, seven years ago, am I about right? Is that about seven, some around 2009, uh, 2006? Six years ago? It was actually uh, t- uh, 2012 is when the cameras went up. So we've been on, call it five years. Okay. But what's really interesting is there wasn't, like you said, there was a lot of motorcycle shows. There was maybe the, the typical DYIs, you know, Stacy David, he's had his show. The guys from Two Guys Garage, they've been around. Um, McGuire's had his show on. Barry had his show on. Um, and, uh, um, gosh, I know him. Can't think of his name right. Dennis Gage. Dennis Gage has his show. Well, when you started your show, you actually, I'm, I'm, if, correct me if I'm wrong. It's almost like you single-handedly started this um, cool car guys build cool hot rods and sell them type phenomenon. Am, am I kind of? I, th- I think yeah, so. I'd love to take that credit, but you missed one guy. What do you want to miss? Chip Foose. Oh, he, Chip. He that's right. Yeah, with overhauling. Overhauling. That's right. Exactly. I forgot about Chip. Aaron, back, actually, back in the early days, were on overhauling four times. Actually, three times. You guys were as guest as guest builders. Really? When I was trying to get my show sold, we were on overhauling uh, three times. Well, now he was on and, the other. Sh- uh, he was on the other show with uh, Boyd Coddington. What was that one called? That was yeah. That was uh, right before overhauling. What was that? Uh, American was, something or other. American, American hot rod. Maybe? That's yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was something like that. Okay. Um, you know, and then Chip left and and ended up starting uh, overhauling. And uh, we ended up doing overhauling two or three times. I think it's three times. And uh, then ended up uh, finally a couple of three years later getting our shows old. You know, I didn't know that you did overhaul. Now, um, it's funny you mention that because uh, a lot of guys that were on overhauling at some point in time actually had their own shows or they were part of what they call the A-team. In fact, I played a liner from Courtney Hansen because Courtney was on that show for a long time. Oh, yeah. She was, she was on there when I was on there. Yeah. Uh, she was on for several years. As a matter of fact, there's a preview. I guess she's going to be a guest on your show, right? One of your shows? Uh, there's some... I can't confirm or deny any of that. Okay, 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 <laughs> yeah, okay. There's some things going on. <laughs> okay, no, I... Yeah, but she's also got a couple of shows working on her own right now. And, uh, you know, she's an awesome girl, and she's really into the car scene. And, 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 and is really, you know, not just a pretty face. She can sit down and talk about it. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's what you guys, what you guys have created, all you TV show hosts with your really cool shows. And I truly dig them. I really do. And as you've always got like this fraternity going on with you guys, you know, so there's this allegiance, there's a circle of guys that are really into this stuff and you're real and you perpetuate it. It's not like this is like uh, fake TV. I mean, this is like real TV. You guys are really into this stuff. You really do show up at events. You really do socialize with people. I mean, you know, your social media is active. I mean, you know, my hat's off to you. Um, Richard, you do a great job. Well, thank you. It's, it's, that's the part I enjoy the most uh, is, is the interaction with the public. And, and, you know, I really enjoy the kids. I've got a, uh, a children's show I'm working on right now that's going to just blow people's doors off. And uh, it's going to be really neat. So that's a secret. We can't talk about that just yet, right? <laughs> <laughs> when you're in this world, there's so many things you can and can't talk about. It just depends. Okay. Uh, no, I get fear you're having. <laughs> but there is one thing you can talk about, and that was uh, what is the one car that you really, really want to own that is still on your wish list? Lamborghini Mira S, sixty-nine or seventy. Okay, oh, I just I'm so bad I can't stand it. I just read that, and I'm not sure if that was on Twitter or not. But the yeah, an S or an SV because that's got the bulgy quarters on it and the big ten-inch uh, wheels correct, on the back. Correct, correct, correct. Okay. And, uh, well, you know, they, they pop up from time to time. In fact, uh, I heard a rumor. I'm trying to think who it was. I'm not sure if it's Adam Carolla or somebody like that's got one for sale. Or maybe I'm wrong. Adam's got a, two or three of them. I, I don't know if he's sold them yet, but I know he was selling one or two of them. Okay, well, there you go. You might want to just... Uh, yeah, but they're just... I mean, I actually had one. Uh, Did you? Me and Dennis had one about eight or ten years ago, but we were buying and selling, and we sold that car for like 380000 and we thought we just killed it. We were like, holy cow, we're going to get a steak dinner. You know, and now <laughs> you can barely touch one for 800 to a million. 
Well, now let's talk about some of the cars you stole. The lady with the GT K-Code convertible, or at least it was a K-Code convertible. It was up north someplace. You guys stole that car. Yeah, 64 and a half. Yeah, yeah. That was that was a cool piece. The big lock Corvette, the silver one, you stole that one for twenty five grand or whatever it was. On a t- at least on you a TV. You get some deals sometimes, but I'm, you know, if somebody gives you a price, you're going to tell them, no, I want to pay you more? No, no, <laughs> no, no. Hey, we're dealers. You know how that goes. Usually what a dealer does, you say 50, I say half, 25. You know, I, I, I know how that works. That's me. That's you. That's you. <laughs> yeah, that's exact. In fact, you did that last night on the show. And, uh, Correct. And I, I, that's great. You know, so it's funny because I can just relate to everything you do because I've been there, done that. You know, so I mean, I don't have those kind of resources, but that's cool. So what else is in? Tell us a little bit about what's Richard Rollins like away from the TV show. What's I mean, can you talk a little bit about who Richard Rollins is? Like, what are some of your hobbies? I get that question a lot, and, and at the end of the day, I'm exactly the guy you see. I like to play with cars, drink beer, and ride motorcycles, and not necessarily at the same time, you know, and, and, and barbecue and, and uh, what have you. I mean, I'm just the, the average guy, um, you know, when it comes to our hobby and what have you. So it's like I tell people, um, you, you look back at – a long time ago and there were these tough guys, you know, on TV and they had bandanas and tattoos and pit bulls. Well, I, I got a smaller beard and a, and a, and a tattoo of a pizza slice and a poodle. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, you know, but I'm still, it's still the same guy. You know, I just, uh, I, I enjoy life. I enjoy what I do every single day. I, I, I take it as a challenge when I wake up in the morning to know that I got to go do what I've got to do to make sure that all the guys and gals that work for me make a paycheck also. Uh, so I really do look at them as family and I get up every morning going, I got to go kick ass and take names because there's a lot of people down the line. Well, that's commendable of you. That's very good. That's what you're supposed to do. You know, it's like, uh, take care of your employees. That will take care of everything else, including the customers, right? Always. And I have very, very little turnover. I mean, Aaron worked for me for 16 years. Wow. Uh, 14 years. Sorry, 14 years. And, uh, and uh, so I take great pride in, in the fact that these, these guys and gals like working with Gas Monkey and like being a part of it. Okay. Um, the, how's the restaurant doing? We, we don't hear much about that, but I'm sure it's still, it's still thriving? Uh, we've got seven now. Oh, and, really? Uh, then uh, we're doing a deal with uh, the U.S. government for um, three military bases, including Ramstein, Germany. So we'll jump up to 10 there. And uh, open in three in South Africa, and then one in Malaysia, Dubai, Kuwait, and uh, Abu Dhabi, um, along with the most current one will be Lubbock and then Foxwoods. How about, are you going to bring anything to Florida? We have, you know, you know how Florida is. It's kind of like we're, we're not really the well, South. I got, I got a Key West. You got a Key West? I've got a, yeah, on Duval Street. Gas Monkey Bar and Grill on Duval Street. Well, how did that do here a few uh, about a month ago when uh, Irma came through here? Uh, you know, uh, we we got hit just like everybody else, but uh, old strong building uh, stood tall, did fine. Uh, we're I believe we're back open now. Um, we lost a gigantic tree in the back, which was really a beautiful piece of our property. So that kind of sucks. But uh, other than that, uh, we're, we're back open and kicking and and trying to help our neighbors in uh, down there. Uh, it's it's still a rough spot down there, and uh, we're getting getting going as uh, fast as we can. Well, the uh, Super Bowl Nationals is going to be down there, I think, the uh, first week or so in November. So I'll tell to wire some of my buddies in the Superboat world, SBI, Superboat International, tell them to go down there and and uh, flood your bar. You know, give you tons yeah. of business. <laughs> hey, trust me, it'd be better a flood like that than the one we just had. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Tell us. Some, <laughs> Tell us about the drag cars now. I see you going down the drag strip all over the place. I think, in fact, I was at the Gator Nationals this year and last year, and there was a Gas Monkey Camaro, maybe? Yeah, we've got a Pro Stock car, uh, okay. Camaro, in the, in the Pro Stock class, and uh, we've got an A-Fuel dragster. Uh, Alex Laughlin, our driver, is uh, ride, driving both cars right now every race and uh, you know, working his way on up the food chain, so we'll, we'll have him in a top-fuel car uh, hopefully another 24 months. Wow. You have definitely, definitely built a brand. Gas Monkey, I mean, Richard, amazing. Absolutely amazing. So what's left on your schedule? I mean, what else do you have? I mean, it's like you're so successful right now. Oh, wait a minute. I just got a text from somebody that said, Gas Monkey Superboat. 
Now you don't. Uh, yeah, right. No, seriously, you need you need to be on a skater, you know, like a uh, or or out there, you know, in the in the superboat unlimited class. Now there there's you haven't done that one yet, have you? I haven't done that yet. I, I really haven't. We we've we've dabbled in everything. I got a monster truck team that runs around in, in the monster jam. And, okay. And uh, we've got a rally cross team. Uh, I think my next venture uh, on racing is going to be a supercross team, but I'm trying to put together an all female team um, in supercross. And uh, I think that'd be really cool to be a part of. Um, you know, we're just we're just putting our name out there. Um, I don't look at it as you know a lot of people's success or what have you. I'm just having fun. I like building. I like I like getting things uh, accomplished, and I like uh, ha- having a lot of fun with it. And uh, you know, so um, I think if you look at it that way, then success will uh, hopefully uh, favor you. Well, you definitely, and uh, like I said, your 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 name, your reputation, your brand, everything speaks for itself. You've done a fantastic job. So, all right, so we have open, we have the boat racing, and then we need a. How about a NASCAR and an and an, and a GT car in IMSA racing, and then IndyCar. I have a GT. I have a GT car in IMSA racing, and I you have do? an IndyCar in the, the 100 anniversary. Yeah. Really? Wow, I didn't I didn't know about those. Okay, so you're you're you pretty much almost have all the bases covered. We're jumping into them, uh, you know. Um, we've got a lot of friends that, uh, you know, run some of these cars, um, you know, and I sponsor some of these teams, a couple of them we own. Uh, we have a great time with them. Okay. Let me ask you this. How about, um, do you do any, like, racing yourself? In other words, are you involved in any uh, vintage racing or anything like that or, or club racing of any kind? Because every I've time... I've always wanted to. I've never been able to get the time to get the seat time mm-hmm. um uh it, it takes so long to get the seat time to be able to compete and i've just always been an entrepreneur so i'd love to get in the seat and go do it um my phone would probably ring and make me nervous and feel like i gotta go do some business <laughs> <laughs> so you're focused on business first that's good that's also very good it's it's not no, it's not like it and a lot of people around me don't like it but it is my sport. I, I, I love having fun with the business aspect of things. You know, a lot of people get all keyed up about having to have a conference call and deal with this and that and what have you, and I actually just love it. What type of music do you like? Uh, oh, easy. Uh, 80s hair band, rock and roll. <laughs> 80s hair band. DC Guns and Roses, Van Halen, Loverboy. <laughs> okay, all right, that's good. Do you play any musical instruments by any chance? No, sir. You're picking out all my flaws. You're gonna make me feel like. Okay. Well, no. I'm just. I'm just. You know, trying to. I'm. What I'm trying to do. See, that my show's more of kind of like a human interest show. I'm trying to bring out the real Richard Rollins here, so people can get to know you as if they're just sitting at the table here with us, and we're just having a beer and a pizza. Which right now I wouldn't. That's me. That is the real Richard Rollins. A beer and a pizza and uh, hanging out and you know just just making things happen. Do you have Matter a? Matter of fact, now as you said that, I'm going out to the fridge to get a beer. <laughs> well, pop one for me too. So. But uh, okay, so uh, here you go. Here you go. <laughs> all right. Yeah, all right. I like that. I like that. SEMA, where well, are you going to be at seven SEMA? o'clock here? At seven o'clock. Uh, SEMA, I will be all over the place. Uh, we've got one of our cars at the Nitto uh, Tire booth. We've got uh, one of our cars at Discovery booth, and we've got. Um, I believe we have something at the Haviland uh, booth over at Apex. And, um, oh, and then the car that you haven't seen on TV yet, uh, and you will not have seen it by then either, is a uh, Pantera that we just built for uh, Kurt Busch. And uh, he raced uh, Joey Logano in it. And uh, can't tell you who won, but Gas Monkey doesn't fail. So um, we built a really wicked supercharged uh, uh Coyote uh, Pantera. Really? Well, now he's sequential. It's a bad dude. Oh, oh, really? Oh, really? Oh, really? Okay. Now I saw a preview. This is where I was going with the racing thing earlier. You always have a really good, amazing entry where you come in and you start doing a whole bunch of donuts all over the place. I don't care if it's the black El Camino or if it was uh, the six pack car that you stuffed in a pole last night on TV. Oh, yeah, that was good. I actually saw that movie back in the day. I liked that with Kenny Rogers. That was a good movie, by the way. And um, and and uh, or and the Pantera. I think it was called either orange. Was it an orange colored one? You were kind of doing some donuts with it. Yellow. 
Yellow, okay. Um, when I started with it. But uh, we just finished it, did the race uh, a couple of weeks ago down in Charlotte with uh, Joey Logano and uh, Kurt Busch and had a blast. Car's wicked. It's really cool. It'll be in the Ford Performance booth. Wow. Now, wait a minute. Now, speaking of NASCAR, wasn't there an episode a number of years ago that you did one for Dale Earnhardt Jr.? Yes, we did. What was, what was that car? I can't remember. Was it a Camaro? Wasn't it or something? 50, no, it's 56 Nomad. Oh, it was Nomad. Okay. How'd that car turn out? Because I don't. I think I'm going to miss that episode, but I do remember you building a car because it showed a phone call, you talking to Dale and... And, uh, they're really cool. Um, all the guys that I've met in NASCAR have been super great guys. And um, uh, it was a deal with uh, uh, Dale Earnhardt and I think Mountain Dew, because he's one of his sponsors. So it was like a uh, Mountain Dew colors, like green and silver, uh, which doesn't sound good when you say it, but it was a really pretty car and uh, turned out pretty awesome. Okay. Now, your your personal collection, is it... S- is it something you can talk about? Is it kind of sizable? Is it, uh, or do you do you tend to keep cars, or do you tend to kind of turn them a little bit? You know, I'm I'm in the business of buying and selling. Uh, I've got about four or five cars that I consider mine that I won't sell. Uh, the rest of them are just inventory. I've got my green Mustang we talked about. I've mm-hmm. got the first car that Gas Monkey ever built, which was a '52 Fleetline. Was that the one uh, on the I've TV got- show that you bought back? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I've got the first car we ever built on TV, which is the Model A. And then I've got a, a 32 Roadster, a 32 three-window, a 36 three-window, uh, all Fords. And um, then that's about it. You know, the, the, the rest of the cars are why I like them, and I'd hate to sell them. They're, they are inventory, and they are for sale. Okay. Do you ever get to the point where you say um... – yeah, that's true. Everything's for, everything's got a price. Everything's for sale. Or once in a while, do you say nope? Not on any circumstances is this for sale. Yeah, those those cars I just mentioned—they're pretty much not for sale. It's like I tell my wife, I said, you know, if, if it all fails and we're living under a bridge, we'll we'll have some cool cars and motorcycles. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, darn, uh, we're not quite, we got a couple minutes left if you've got a few things you want. Is there something that you'd like to tell people? I mean, we got a few minutes left, and I always give my guests up. Other than than my gratitude of uh, everybody watching us grow and and liking the show and watching, you know, for going on six years now, just uh, I'm overwhelmed and and very gracious of, you know, all the people that, that dig the style, dig what we do. Um, you know, Aaron's uh, departed and he's going on to do his own thing. And I hope he just kills it too. And I hope that the public follows him also. And, uh, I just think it's a, a really cool thing to be a part of. And, and, you know, um, I, uh, I, I couldn't be more grateful for, for where we're at as a brand and, and as a business. How about Casey? Casey was on your show as a painter for a number of years. You still bump and bump into him every once in a while and say hi. Uh, yeah, you know, not as often as I'd like because he's about 60 miles away. But, uh, you know, he's killing it. He's got a, a speed and paint shop out there in, uh, in Fort Worth and uh, building a new building. Uh, I don't think he has any desire to do television. Um, but he, he's, uh, he's killing it as an entrepreneur, and uh, I think it's, it's awesome. I, I'm always proud when um, someone comes through the, through the world with us, you know, or through Gas Monkey and, and goes on to do something on their own and, you know, take that knowledge that they learned with us and, and turn it into something for themselves. I, I think it's awesome. A, a lot of people would be jealous of it, and I think it's the coolest thing on the planet. Excellent. Well, Richard, you've done amazing things with your uh, TV show and the stuff that you uh, are looking forward to doing here in the future with Garage Recap, all the charity work, filling your shoes of Bob Hope. I mean, you're pretty pretty amazing guy. You will be at SEMA here in a couple weeks. Um, I should be there as well. Hopefully, I'll get the chance to uh, see you again. We have bumped into each other and cross paths, and every time I run into you, it's either at Barrett-Jackson or, see, this uh, last time I think I ran into you was in January. You were at uh, Worldwide at, uh, uh, in Scottsdale. Yeah. Oh, no, in Scottsdale. Okay, got it. Yeah, and uh, so the the running joke between you and I, and I can say this now because you've already been on my show 56 minutes, see, <laughs> is I'd always say, Richard, I really, you know, everybody else has been on my show, but I haven't had a chance to get you on my show yet. And every time I bump into you, you go, well, you know, it's keep, you know, how much are you going to pay me? The price is going up. The price is going up, you know. So, <laughs> and, and when we were in Monterey a couple years ago, you were there and you had the, I'm not sure what you had. You had something really cool, something vintage. You and Aaron actually showed up there. 
And you were very, very gracious enough to give me a liner, which we play frequently on our show, which is, you know, get you some of that. And uh, so I want to thank you again for that. You've got a great show. I wish you the best of luck with everything you're doing, all your endeavors. And again, I want to thank you very much for taking some time out and showing up on our show. And I look forward to meeting you again in person. So, uh, Yes, sir. Well, thank you, and, uh, you know, thanks to all uh, the listeners out there, and uh, keep watching. we got some cool things coming. All right, so if people want to find out more about Richard Rollins, all your TV shows, why don't you give out the social media and uh, and all the information real quick? We've got a minute or so. It's uh, GasMonkeyGarage.com and GasMonkeyGarage uh, Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and everything. It's it's all just the three words. See what's happening. Now, when, when, when they, when, on Twitter, for example, where it's Richard Rollins, you got thousands and thousands, millions of people that follow you. Is that you actually responding to a lot of that social media? I try to do as much as I can, but I do have uh, three people that help. Okay, well, that's good. Uh, because uh, one of the things that I try to do is answer every tweet, every text, every snail mail, every email, you name it. I try to respond uh, to everything. Uh, and uh, it takes a village to make that happen, but uh, we, we do what we can. All right. Well, Richard, thank you very much for coming on the show this evening. I want to thank my very special guest, Richard Rollins, Gas Monkey himself, Garage Rehab, and Fast and Loud. Richard, the best of luck to you. We'll see you at SEMA. And again, I want to thank all my listeners for tuning in to Nostalgic Green Cars. Be sure and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And don't forget to check out our weekly radio show here on the Tantalk Radio Network every Tuesday night between 7 and 8 p.m., don't forget to tell your friends. Check out FloridaCarshows.com. Check out Fast and Loud Garage Rehab on Discovery. And we'll see you at some of the car shows. Stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. WTAN, Clearwater, FM 106.1, WDCF, Dade City, Tampa Bay, WZHR, Zephyr Hills, FM 104.3. Listen.